It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I was just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, <laughs> never really liked Chris. Honestly. Yeah. Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But <laughs> No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. What's going on, guys? Welcome aboard. Episode number 126 of the Locked on Redskins podcast, the weekend edition. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. You can make sure you follow me at Russellmania621. As always, make sure you're giving at Locked on NFL Net a follow as well on both Twitter and Instagram. Great way to keep up with everybody on the Locked on Podcast Network and all the NFL coverage that we provide, no doubt about it. Coming up on today and this weekend edition, we will have Eye on the Enemy. Our weekly insider look at the opponent, the Houston Texans, for the Washington Redskins from a statistical perspective. As well, we'll hear from head coach Jay Gruden, defensive coordinator uh, Greg Minuski. Uh, we'll try and squeeze in Adrian Peterson as well. We've got a lot to do as well. Our Sunday six-pack, and we're going to have a special little guest, uh, my buddy Matt Josephs from ESPN in Richmond. Earlier this week, we had our pal Greg Burton from ESPN in Richmond. Matty likes the numbers and likes the odds. Uh, he's really good at that, so we'll squeeze him in uh, for a sec, uh, and we'll try and get some fantasy freebies as well if we can squeeze that in. Lots to do uh, here, but let's start with head coach Jay Gruden, who met with the media on Thursday at Redskins Park. Did not participate with Crowder ankle, Dunbar shin, Hopkins groin, Thompson rib, and Williams thumb. Limited were Moses knee and Secchi ankle, pain shoulder. For Hopkins, just kind of where is his, like, is his groin progressing? What do you think about his status for Sunday? You know, I don't know. We, uh, you know, tomorrow's the day he kicks, so we're going to see how he does tomorrow. Tomorrow will be the telling day for us with uh, Hop. With him, would you consider bringing in someone for kickoffs or maybe having Tress handle kickoffs and then he could, Hopkins could just do – I think the days of or... Tress kicking off are over, hopefully. So we'll have somebody be a kicker and kick off and kick field goals and extra points if, if uh, Hop can't go, but we're still optimistic. Non-injury related. Um, are there more – we talk about Jordan Reed a lot. I know that, and I know it's not always about one guy, but are there things when you know he is a critical guy, are there things that you can do more of – to maybe get him open just via scheme or what, you know, how much do you look at that to see what you're doing to maybe help with? Well, I think a lot of times we try to make him the primary uh, based on the uh, play. And sometimes the coverage might dictate the ball going somewhere else. And sometimes he's not the primary where he does get the ball. So, you know, everything's coverage related. Obviously, if you get man to man, you're going to work to man matchups, your best matchup. Sometimes that's Jordan. And his targets the last five games have been probably about average compared to what he's been. Do you see a growing chemistry between he and Alex? With yeah, that? I think so. I think it's continuing to grow. And, and, and during, you know, a lot of our six winning our games that we won, uh, we didn't have a lot of 
passes in those games. I think we throw for under 200 yards in four of them. Maybe it might be the fact. So, uh, you know, when you're not throwing the ball 45 times and having 30 completions, you know, statistically, you're not going to get the numbers. So, Jay, how do you see uh, Trey Quinn fitting in this Sunday? And, and is it primarily going to be the slot and maybe punt returns potentially? Yeah, I think so. We'll uh, make sure that he's good to go. We haven't made a decision on whether he'll be up or not, but uh, there's a good chance that if he does play, he'll be our slot guy and, and return to punt return. And uh, we can put Stroman uh, back in other categories in, on the punt return game, so that's good. Chris Thompson was running at least a little bit at the beginning of practice. Is he at least feeling a little bit better? Yeah, he is. He is. Talked to him this morning and this afternoon, uh, and he is feeling better. You know, I think the previous rib injury is healed, which is good. Now the other side, which was injured, I think is, is coming along. So uh, we'll take it day by day. You know, I said he's probably uh, going to be out, but, you know, you never know. We'll, we'll get a look at him tomorrow. If he feels good, there's a chance. But, uh, you know, I think the most important thing with that injury is, is time and uh and really, only he can really tell us because there's X-rays and you can do all that. But he's he's the one that's got to deal with the pain. And uh, when he feels like he can go, he'll go. Yeah. Just what about Crowder? Um, Thursday didn't practice, but he practiced last week on Thursday. Is is it a setback or is he just? I don't think it's a setback. I just think uh, he came out there, and I think when you have an injury like that, it's important to go out there and test it when you feel like you can. And uh, he did all the stuff with the trainers and the, and the uh, strength staff. And uh, they felt like it was a green light for him to go ahead and try to practice, see what he could do. And uh, it just didn't quite feel right for him making those full speed cuts. So we kept him out again today. And uh, we'll see where he is tomorrow. Jay, when you look at the things that have um, kind of turned around for your team as you guys have gotten the 6-3 and three record, do people maybe underestimate the importance of the giveaway takeaway stat and how much that has improved. I think you're a plus 11 now versus I think you finished last year minus four. Yeah, no, that's uh, the reason why we won six games, really. Uh, the, the turnover margin, and we've done a great job protecting the football with a few exceptions, but our defense is getting the ball out and getting the ball back for our offense. And uh, you just look at the, I think that's one telling stat usually that you can look at that, okay, this is a successful team. They're plus 11, they're minus 16. This is a team that's struggling. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very important status, one of the most important. That third down red zone, obviously, uh, very, very important. On the other side, they added a guy at the trade deadline, too. How do you try to scout a guy who has only played one game, uh, like Demarius Thomas? Yeah, Demarius has plenty of film, so those guys could watch, uh, you know, with the computers that we have now, we can take all of his route targets uh, from Denver and just watch him run routes. But you're right, he is going to fit into a different system with possible different route tree. Uh, you know, the play passes, the big playability that they have, uh, with obviously hopping him uh, together is, is pretty dangerous. So uh, a, a great addition for that football team. But, uh, you know, we have to make sure we're well aware of another team with great receivers. This is uh, another week. You know, it's, you know, every team seems like they have them, and, and we just have to go out and do the best we can to compete. All right, that's Redskins head coach Jay Gruden meeting with reporters on Thursday at Redskins Park. Thanks to Redskins Audio and Charlie Broyhill for that. When we come on back, episode number 126 of the Locked on Redskins podcast, we'll hear from defensive coordinator Greg Minuski as well, Eye on the Enemy. That's coming up right here on the weekend edition. Stay tuned. But first, guys, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company can be mentioned right here and right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% males and has more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast, Locked On Redskins, and the Locked On Sports 
Podcast Network. Email me at russellmania09, that's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-M-A-N-I-A-0-9, russellmania09 at gmail.com, and I'll get you all the details. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys, we welcome you back. It is the weekend edition, episode number 126 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard with us. Make sure you check out episode number 125. We had a one-on-one interview with NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Tress Way, as well my pal Greg Burton from ESPN Richmond. Uh, He came by with his spin on the skins. And don't forget episode number 124, the guys from Locked On Texans and I got together for big old crossover Wednesday edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. All the X's and O's, all the key matchups. A lot of talk about DJ Swearinger. So make sure you check out episodes 124 and 125, two most recent episodes, besides what we're doing right here. All right, let's get to defensive coordinator Greg Minuski. He spent a couple of minutes with the media on Thursday at Redskins Park. What did you make of the pass rush last week against Tampa? Uh, It was was good at times. You know, I think... uh, uh, the quarterback did a great job of scrambling out of the pocket. You know, he, he did a great job. Fitzy's, you know, known to scramble out of a tight compartment at times, uh, just like this guy that we're playing this week. But, uh, you know, we had pressure. We had opportunities to get sacks. We just didn't make them at times. We had a couple at the end. So, uh, you know, it was all right. When, when you see Josh have pretty good success kind of trailing Mike Evans last week and, and, and just kind of seeing that as a potential for DeAndre this week, uh, I mean, is that kind of the new uh, opportunity, I guess, that you have with him now? Just well, to kind of it that? depends from week to week and, you know, who you're playing and stuff. You know, I think this week, uh, you know, we just go at it with uh, the, the know-abouts that we're, you know, probably going to, you know, put him on the best re- uh, receiver that they have, you know, because he's a good cover, good cover guy. And uh, last week he did a good job on uh, number 13. So, uh, you know, this week we'll see what happens. When, when you have that option, what does that do just for you as a coordinator? Uh, it, it gives you an opportunity to, uh, you know, play different coverages of what you want to play. You could single them up, you know, put a little bit more pressure on a quarterback. You know, usually that's what it is. Craig, you guys have dealt with Dak and Cam already. Some quarterbacks have like to, you know, some mobile guys who like to use their feet. How's Deshaun different from those guys? Uh, you know, he, he does a great job. You know, he know he reads coverage is pretty good. You know, I know it's his second year, uh, but he just feels the pressure. You know, that's the best thing that I think this quarterback does is he feels pressure up the gut. He feels it on the edge. He does a great job of scrambling, getting out of situations where he doesn't have to, you know, get pinned in. And uh, you know, overall. You know, he, he does a great job of, you know, keeping his head up the field and seeing uh, the routes that, uh, you know, that they have it, that he has in front of him. So, uh, overall, he does a good job. Uh, if you could rewind to, to last week's game for a second. How, do, how as a coordinator do you digest a game when you give up 501 yards, but you hold a team to just three points? That's the best. 
<laughs> I'd rather give up three points than 29 points or 30 points. You know, from our standpoint, we knew they were good offense. You know, they, they led the National Football League. So uh, from our standpoint, we weren't going to give up any big plays. And uh, from our standpoint, uh, we didn't do that per se. Uh, I know we gave up 500 yards. I know it was in two-minute situations as well. But, uh, you know, overall, I think the guys played hard. They played physical. Uh, we stopped the run. We didn't give up the big plays. And uh, when you do that in this league and you play good red zone, uh, good things happen. As a defensive guy, what does home field advantage mean to you? Uh, to me, I, I think it's huge. I think when you're at home, you're at peace, you understand it. Uh, you know everything about the locker room, the, the training, all this, the chiropractors, all that kind of stuff. And then you go out there and with the home crowd, you know, you're excited and play. You know, sometimes, you know, what DJ was saying it was so loud sometimes, you know what I'm saying? It's hard, you know, from a communicational standpoint for our defense. But, you know, the offense has got to do it on the road. But from our standpoint, I mean, that's a good thing for us, you know. And it was great seeing a lot of guys down in Tampa. I mean, the Redskins fans down there were awesome. There are a lot of them down there. All right, there he is, defensive coordinator Greg Minuski. He's got his hands full with Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Demarius Thomas and the Houston Texans this Sunday for sure. All right, let's get to Adrian Peterson. I uh, was in the locker room at Redskins Park on Wednesday when Adrian Peterson met with the media, and I asked him if he, because he spends his off-seasons in Houston, he owns a gym uh, with Trent Williams, actually, uh, his now teammate with the Redskins, his former Oklahoma teammate. And I asked him if he had any special motivation going against the Texans in this particular game, being that he lives down in Houston and there was some speculation. And we talked about this on that crossover Wednesday edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast with the guys from Locked On Texans that Adrian Peterson really wanted to go to the Houston Texans and they did not want to sign him. Here's AP on what this game means to him. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm always play 110%, but uh, it's always fun going against guys that, uh, that I know. You know, um, my kids go to school with, you know, some of the players for the Texans, and, um, you know, my wife is a good friend with the Honey Badger, his fiance, uh, like really good friends. So um, it's a little extra incentive there, you know, but ultimately, you know, getting to 7-3 is, is my main goal. And one more for the road for you on Adrian Peterson. How you feeling, big boy? Nine games into this. I'm feeling good. You know, um, last week I actually started feeling, you know, all the way healthy. You know, my shoulder, you know, I'm back to bench pressing. I hadn't did that in three weeks. And um, so uh, I'm back to kind of doing the normal things that I was able to do. And uh, the ankle's feeling good. The body just kind of feel refreshed. So, you know, uh, second half has been a blessing to me, you know. It was a grind the first eight weeks, and here I, here now, as I stand in front of you guys, my body is feeling amazing, you know. So um, that's big, taking that, you know, we just started the second, second stretch, and uh, we have a big game coming up. All right, that's Adrian Peterson coming back. We will have Eye on the Enemy and my pal Matt Josephs as we do our Sunday six-pack right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 126. Good to have you with us, the weekend edition, as we count you down to kickoff between the Redskins and the Texans, 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon Eastern time between two, six, and three teams. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty, guys, we welcome you back. It is episode number 126 of the Locked On Redskins Podcast, the weekend edition. So much to do, so let's get right to it. Our eye on the enemy section and preview as we do each and every weekend edition looks at the Houston Texans. Look, on offense, they're just above the league average at 369.1 yards per game, just under in yards per play. Rushing the ball, 120.2 yards per game. So that's pretty good, uh, even though people down there are frustrated uh, with their rushing yardage. 3.95 per clip, that's a about a half yard, a little less than a half yard uh, under the league average. I think this is an offense that's just starting to kind of ramp up and get going. And if they can uh, force some missed tackles, either on short passes or the run game, it's going to be really good. Now, the problem for Houston, as we talked about on the crossover Wednesday edition earlier this week with the guys from Locked On uh, Texans, is they've been sacked 30 times. Their sacks per pass attempt is 10.49%. The league average, just to put it in perspective, is 7 7.16%. That's the big number in this one. The Redskins have to win there against this offensive line. And if they get their opportunity against uh, Deshaun Watson, they have got to corral him. They did a poor job of that for the most part against Ryan Fitzpatrick. And in the red zone, this Houston Texans offense really struggling. They're only converting touchdowns at a 45.95% clip, which is well below the league average of 59.1%. They have got to do a better job there. They're averaging 24 points a game as a team. That is just shy of the league average. Real quickly on defense, they are well under the league average at 336.3 yards per game. Uh, well under in terms of yards per play at 5.16. They only allowed just shy of 93 rushing yards per game, so don't look for a huge day out of Adrian Peterson. You know, hopefully the Redskins can squeeze 80 yards out of AP. We'll see. He says he feels great, as we heard last segment. Rushing yards per play. This is the eye-popping number, 3.60 for this Houston front seven. That is spectacular, 3.60. And passing yards per play, 6.60. That's almost a half yard below the league average. For as good as their pass rush is with Watt, Merciless, uh, and Jadavion Clowney, they're actually below the league average in sacks per pass attempt, which is kind of crazy. They allow a little over 40% on third down down and 73.9% in the red zone, which is amazing considering that the league average is shy of 60%. That's almost 15% above the league average. And same thing for goal-to-go percentages. So if the Redskins get it in the red zone, if they get it inside the 10-yard line, in a first and goal or, or whatever the situation might be, the numbers would tell you the Redskins stand a very, very good chance of punching it in. Uh, of course, they have to convert. All right, that's our Eye on the Enemy segment. It is time now to do a little Sunday six-pack selections against the spread, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. My pal Matt Josephs is with us from ESPN Richmond as well. You can check out his great work uh, because he is a handicapping expert uh, at sportscapping.com and at Athlon Sports, and you can follow him on Twitter at MidMajorMatt. Matty, thanks for your time, pal. 
pal? I'm doing good, Chris. Another good football Sunday coming up. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And we have our Sunday six-pack of selections. So I'm going to start right away, and you're going to tell me whether I'm right, wrong, crazy, uh, or indifferent, or you're just going to chime in uh, on a factoid or two uh, about the matchup. So let's get uh, underway, Maddie. You know, Detroit right now is an absolute mess. I know they play really well on Thanksgiving. This isn't Thanksgiving Thursday. This is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Yes, they're at home. Carolina, I like them on the road, even though they haven't been always a great road team, i.e. the loss at Washington, which they probably should have won. They won the next week and come from behind fashion at Philadelphia. Even though it's a somewhat bigger number than I feel comfortable with, I'm taking Carolina minus the four and a half over Detroit. My one concern with Carolina is that they'd be a little shell-shocked after losing so by so much to Pittsburgh. I like Cam Newton, the quarterback, but I don't always trust Cam Newton, the quarterback. And I feel like Detroit is better than they've played as of late. Um, This is not really on my list, but I I think at some point Detroit's going to end this losing streak during this three-game homestand coming up. Thanksgiving Day is when that's going to happen. Matt, it can't happen this Sunday. i got to take Carolina minus the four and a half. You know they're going to be angry off of that Thursday night football loss uh, about 10 days or so before they play this game. But I understand where you're coming from. Next game on our Sunday six-pack, Atlanta. Uh, talk about a team that's, again, Jekyll and Hyde. You never know what Falcon team you're going to get versus another team like that, the Dallas Cowboys. This down in Atlanta, I'm going to go Atlanta minus the three over Dallas. I don't think Dallas can play as well as they did last Sunday night in Philadelphia. I know that struck a chord with you. Atlanta back home, uh, I think the wide receivers kind of pick on some of those corners of the Dallas Cowboys, and Sean Lee banged up again. Plus, this is a division sandwich for the Cowboys coming off the road game in Philadelphia. They've got the Redskins coming up in a game that's going to matter more to them on Thanksgiving. I love Atlanta at home. They're getting Deion Jones back in the middle of that linebacking core, uh, and I like this offense to kind of light Dallas up a little bit after they got a little fat and happy after the win in Philadelphia. Yeah, we agree. All right. Let's do game three on our Sunday six-pack. Pittsburgh. I've got them minus the five over Jacksonville. Matt, us, and I know Leonard Fournette's back. I got it. Lindner's out. That's going to hurt Jacksonville's running attack. We all know about Bortles. We know it's not a great home field advantage. We know Pittsburgh doesn't have Le'Veon Bell, uh, but James Conner has practiced all week. He appears ready to go. I mean, I guess if they lose him early, that could be uh, trouble. You know, to me – Pittsburgh's defense has been much, much, much better for them the last five, six weeks down the stretch here against an anemic offense. I like Pittsburgh minus the five over the Jags. Ooh, as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, Chris. I think I like Ah. Jacksonville to kind of, uh, you know, get their season back right now. I don't like anything I hear out of Jacksonville, but look, that's a lot of points for a home team to get. They beat the Steelers twice last year in Pittsburgh each time. Uh, I think Fournette could find a little bit of room. I think Blake Bortles can improve a little bit. And I think Ramsey can do a good job on Antonio Brown. So that means Juju Smith-Schuster will have to beat him, and I don't know if he can. I like that. But I'm picking Pittsburgh partially because of that revenge from what happened last year. But I see where you're at, and I definitely worry about that Jalen Ramsey-Antonio Brown matchup. But I'm still going to go with Pittsburgh minus the five. We're joined by Matt Joseph at Mid-Major. Matt, make sure you check him out, sportscapping.com, also on Athlon Sports, and uh, you can hear him on ESPN Richmond in the great Commonwealth of Virginia. All right, let's keep this going. 
Matty, I, Colts minus the one over Tennessee is a game I'm intrigued with, right? We all know this is a week-to-week league. Tennessee, two big wins back-to-back on a short week against Dallas on the road. Hammer Tom Brady and the Patriots at home. The Colts have won all nine career games against the Titans with Andrew Luck under center at quarterback, and they're 6-1-2 against the spread. They stopped the run, and I just don't know about this Tennessee offense being able to put together a third consecutive good game in a row. I agree with you. I think that Tennessee, after the win over New England, is going to be you know, a little too excited. Uh, I, I like the Colts. Their defense scares me a little bit. They can't really stop the pass, but I still don't trust Marcus Mariota to beat them through the air. I think Indianapolis with Marlon Mack has discovered a run game as of late that's keeping Andrew Luck upright. And, of course, one of our favorite people in Richmond, Mo Alley-Cox, who played basketball at VCU, has two touchdowns on the season. I think he adds another one, and the Colts win this one easily. That a baby. Colts minus the one. That's juicy, too. Chicago and Minnesota, Matt, Sunday night football soldier field should be chilly, if not downright frigid. I'm going to take the Bears minus three over Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. Uh, I have all the respect in the world, as you know, for Kirk Cousins. I get it. Thielen's a little bit banged up. Um, You know, I know Minnesota's getting some of their guys back, but that Chicago defense, I think, will create a little havoc against Kirk Cousins and that shaky offensive line from Minnesota. I'll go the Bears minus the three. You like that or you hate it? Uh, well, I don't hate it. I don't like it either. But I, I think that Minnesota coming off a bye week is, it, you know, you, you can refocus some things. And as you said, they can get healthy. I don't like fading teams coming off the bye week because you can install some things there. And I don't know. I mean, it's hard to believe to say, but, like, I'm not 100% a believer in the Bears. I think the better way in this game might be to go the under. Um, I, I think that both defenses will show up, and I think, you know, look, Mitchell Trubisky's played well with uh, Nagy as his head coach, but, like, I still don't trust him to win a big game, so maybe the under's the way to go in this one. All right, and our final game of the day, speaking of over and under, is the Redskins and the Houston Texans. Two six and three teams, one has won six in a row, the Texans, one has been up, down, up, down, in between, can't score, the over-under here, the line is 42-and-a-half, Matty, according to scoresandodds.com. I'm going to go over here, which is kind of a risk. Just I have a feeling like there's going to be a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown that's going to sway the number a little bit. Well, once again, you've got the Houston Texans coming off a of bye week, and so they're going to be fresh and ready. Their defense has played very well as of late. It's a little gutsy to go with the over here, especially with the fact that the Redskins, all they seem to do is play good defense, good field position, and then punt the ball and force you to go long fields. I don't know if I agree with you that one, but I don't know if I like the under either. The Redskins as a dog at home is a possibility for me. But as I said before, I don't like fading teams coming off a bye week. I got to do a little more research on this one. Yeah, I'm chickening out because they were three-point dogs as of Thursday night when we're recording this. And I – I mean, I think Houston wins this game, but uh, I don't know. I don't like taking home dogs, especially one with something to prove uh, like the Redskins. Matty, it's uh, good to catch up with you. We're going to try and do do this every week as your schedule uh, allows, but make sure you check out, guys, sportscapping.com for all of Matt's actual picks uh, that he provides and the analysis that he picks, sportscapping.com as well, Athlon Sports. Make sure you follow him at mid-major, Matt, and listen to him on ESPN Richmond. Thanks for doing this, pal. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you real soon, all right? Yep. uh, Good luck on your picks. Absolutely. Good luck to everyone. Thanks, Matt.
All right, so that's Matt Josephs, a quick fantasy football freebie for you. I keep telling you, I like Jordan Reed, man. If you're looking for a sneaky little DFS play, if he's available, I would go with Jordan Reed. I think this is going to be a good game for Jordan Reed. Talk to him in the locker room on Wednesday. He says he's feeling good. He's almost back. He says he really and ideally needs a full offseason to get back to the old Jordan Reed. Hopefully they can keep him healthy so he doesn't have to rehab, so he doesn't have to undergo surgery during this offseason. Uh, to me, I think Jordan Reed is a sneaky good play in this game from a daily fantasy perspective or from a fantasy football perspective overall if you've stashed him on one of your teams. And, of course, from a Texans perspective, uh, you know, I would be tempted to go with Lamar Miller just from the standpoint of the Redskins have not done a great job stopping the run the last two weeks because they've been so paranoid and dealing with over-the-top uh, and the weapons that the last two opponents, Atlanta and uh, Tampa, have. That's going to be kind of the same way again in this particular game with DeAndre Hopkins and Demarius Thomas. So I'd be tempted to squeeze in a little Lamar Miller action uh, there for a couple of fantasy football freebies for you when it comes to the Houston Texans and the Washington Redskins. That is going to do it for us. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Redskins and the Texans. We'll be back late Sunday night into Monday morning. Hopefully it's another Victory Monday edition. Have a great weekend, everyone. This episode 126 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.